Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Majuk. And I'm Kate Majuk. And we're married. To each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. hey Hey, welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. And I'm Kate, uh, and I'm a fantasy analyst with Pro Football Focus, Yahoo Fantasy Sports, managing editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. (gasps) (laughs) We got a busy season ahead of us, and it is coming upon us quickly. Yes, it is. We are one week away from... The regular season. By the time, off. by the time this gets into your ear, earbuds, into your ear, earloafs, mm-hmm. it's going to be one week out from NFL kickoffs. So, one week, we made it. Yeah, we did. I'm so excited. We have some news we have to get through. Some, you know, injury news that we never want to talk about, but we have to figure it out. And then some Jonathan Taylor news, which was not good. No, lack. Well, it is news, but it's also lack of news. It's you know what the biggest piece of news here coming out of India is? Jim Ursay is non-serious. Like, he is, like, he could get a, a gig as, like, a stand-up comedian with the way that he's handled yeah, this situation. Yeah, I don't really situation. know what he's doing. But Laughable. We're going to get into all of that just to hopefully you haven't drafted yet so that, you know, we can make some changes here prior to your fantasy drafts. And then... To end the show, the second half of the show, we're going to be giving you last second reminders because I know this weekend right here is a huge fantasy draft weekend. Uh, Just some last second reminders before you get into your draft that we just want to like shove these thoughts into your head so you don't forget them. Don't forget them. Don't forget them. So take these little nugs with you. (laughs) Let's start with the news here. We'll start right at the top. Everyone wants to hear about it. It's Jonathan Taylor, right? So not only did he not get traded, which all the news leading up to that deadline that was set that Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern deadline, all the news leading up to it was like a deal is going to get done, right? Like he's going to be traded. It seemed like it was definitely going to happen. And then all of a sudden deadline gets there. He not only doesn't get traded, he gets kept on the pup list, which means that he has to miss the first four games no matter what. Like they could even figure out a trade now and there's no, you have to just missed the first four games. So the very earliest we can now see Jonathan Taylor on an NFL field is week five, which means obviously you're not drafting him anywhere that he's been drafted this off season, which unfortunately guys, Kate and I had our main draft last weekend and it's a three keeper league and all the running backs were gone. I didn't have a running back. I took Jonathan Taylor hoping he'd be traded. And now my first pick is wasted. But say you haven't drafted yet, right? I mean, Jonathan Taylor is still going to be drafted at some point in your fantasy drafts. But how far does he fall? So is he like in a similar situation to Alvin Kamara to you? 
where Alvin Kamara's, you know, being suspended for three games, but at least then you know he's coming back and he's playing. Do we, do you even think Jonathan Taylor comes back in week five? That's a great question. Um, I wish I had like a definitive answer for you. I think it's it's very much dependent on, uh, you know, the kind of roster you're constructing in general. Like, are are you building towards something that can sustain a, a four week? plus absence now I tend to shy away from those things like the Lev Bell situation the even the Josh Jacobs situation to this degree um you know obviously Josh Jacobs has has since signed his franchise tag or, or I guess technically it's not a franchise tag is it more than that I don't know um uh, but signed a one-year deal yeah he's he signed a one-year deal uh so like that situation has since resolved but I was like very ice cold even on on Josh Jacobs because I, I have a little bit of trauma from the Lev Bell situation. And I don't want to ever be caught in that kind of situation when you're investing. It's not like Alvin Kamara, who's being drafted, like, what, RB 20 to 25? Yeah, like, Jonathan Taylor will be now. Now that this news is out that he's going to be the first know, four weeks. I don't know. He's got, I think, high enough name value that... He's definitely going to go after guys like, you know, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker... I still like when I'm looking at either Alexander Madison, I'm still easily taking over Jonathan Taylor, but I'm really, really high on Alexander Madison. Right. But I would say I'm still taking him. But when you get to the Rashad white area, the James Connor, the Williams, JK Dobbins, is that where you're then pulling the trigger and just taking the chance on Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. Cause I think that gets to the point where there are enough question marks about what the players in that range are, are going to produce to begin with. I would I think, still want Connor over him, but I would, I would still want Connor. Um, I'd say probably like the one player going ahead of Alexander Madison there that I'm like eh, on Miles Sanders. Not, not sure. I'm, I'm all in on Miles Sanders. I could come back and bite me in the butt. Um, I do think they're kind of similar talents though, right? Like, Jonathan Taylor has shown more in his career because of all the work he's gotten. But Miles Sanders has the big play ability. He can Mm -hmm. break off on any given play. They're both on bad teams. They both should get a ton of work if they're actually on the field. So I'm still taking Miles Sanders over hoping Jonathan Taylor comes back in week five. It just once it gets down to the ones that you have no idea what their workload's going to look like. I take the chance on Jonathan Taylor. And then if you do end up taking Jonathan Taylor, you're going to want to take one of the Colts running backs, right? That you think is going to get the workload because you can get them all the way in one of the last picks in the draft. But the thing is, is yeah, you don't even know who it is. Yeah. And that's the problem. Is I... Zach Mo- does he come back? From <laughs> this, does Zach Moss come back from his <laughs> fractured arm and we get revenge and he breaks out? Oh, I'm so ready for the Zach Moss season. Just to throw it back, okay? I want to take oh, it back to the hey, 2022 we can't season. can't talk about Zach Moss. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. Um, no, Zach Moss actually, like, relatively productive in terms of, like, yards after contact per attempt. So over three, like, had, you know, average 4.9 yards per carry. Um, like, didn't see a lot of playing time, but was actually, like, kind of efficient. And um, I'm not saying, like, it's Zach Moss, but I'm saying it's not not Zach Moss. I mean, I think if Zach Moss were to be healthy right now, I, I think the team, you know, he they would rely on him. He would be the lead back, whatever. It just there's really no news on when he'll be back. It does say that he could be back week one. If he is, he's a starter. But does the team go inside Cream Hunt 
possibly. And I, I don't know why they haven't yet, honestly. That could definitely be uh, something they, they do there. But if not, I do think Zach Moss is a guy. Maybe Deion Jackson, but I do think like he's one of those guys that had a really nice like first start and then kind of fizzled off from there. But I guess Zach Moss has never had a first nice start. So maybe it's, <laughs> it's more than that. It, yeah, I, I guess if you're taking Jonathan Taylor, maybe try it with Zach Moss late. Or just avoid the Colts backfield altogether. That might be the way to go. I think. Or Evan Hall, the rookie, yes. is also another op- another choice. Out of out of all of these, Deion Jackson is my last pick. I'd say Zach Moss, Evan Hall, and then Deion Jackson, if I had to put them in, in any specific order. Um, Hollows looked pretty decent, but again, like you can't invest significantly in any of these players because the presumption is that when, or if Jonathan Taylor does return, these players all become irrelevant. What's, what's crazy though, is whatever running back gets the workload, they're going to get a lot of volume. I'm not saying they're They're going to get a lot of volume, but they're they're probably also going to be efficient with Anthony Richardson. It depends on how good the offensive line is and how much, you know, the teams are just stacking the box because they're not worried about the pass at all, but they are like, they're not going to, they're not going to have Anthony Richardson throw the ball, even probably 450 times. Like it's going to be less than that. So they're going to be running a ton and Anthony Richardson will be running, yes, so which will open up things for the running back. But also in the preseason, we've seen Anthony Richardson actually check down to the running back, which is something that mobile quarterbacks usually don't do. We'll see if that lasts into the regular season. But I do think, like, if Zach Moss is back, he could be a relevant fantasy asset. No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I, I think I'm just staying away from Jonathan Taylor at this point. It's, it's just too risky. Unless he starts falling, you know, into the eighth round or something then that's a point where if I'm eyeing him or Isaiah Pacheco or AJ Dillon, like, or Brian Robinson, I'm yeah. taking Jonathan Taylor and I'll hold on to him and just wait until week five to see what happens. But I'm going to be honest. Like if you are looking at like, you know, some of your home leagues that might not be as, you know, kind of like, I don't want to say like, you know, have as much insight into the situation. Like, but Maybe, you know, more casual players might, you know, see the name value and again, kind of just overvalue that. Someone's going to overdraft him in your leagues, most likely. But also if someone takes him in the second round, just let him know. know, Let the guy like I will always let someone know. I don't want to pull that whole. You just got like murdered on your pick. Like, let them know he's suspended for the first four games. They still want him. They still want us for the first but yes, I I oh, do yeah, agree. I do agree. Um, that's actually a really good philosophical question. Like, I totally believe in telling people that, you know, X Y Z. Like, if I'm gonna kick your ass, I want it to be yeah. like a good ass kicking. Like, I really want you to be putting up your best, and I want to look at you dead in the eye and say your best wasn't good enough. <laughs> like that's that's the way I want to play fantasy, and if you're doing that by like drafting Jonathan Taylor in the first two rounds and just cause you haven't been paying attention. Like I'm not beating you at your best. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, that's my philosophy. Other guys that are dealing with injuries. We'll talk through if we want to draft them or not. It's Jerry Judy and Terry McLaurin, and they're kind of going around the same area, right? So Jerry Judy for the Broncos, he's expected to miss several weeks with a hamstring injury that he suffered last week. Listen, this dude can never stay on the field. He really can't. And then there's Terry McLaurin uncertain for week one with turf toe. Let's talk about Jerry Judy first because 
this is my thing with Jerry Judy. He keeps getting the benefit of the doubt. and People keep hyping him. And I was slightly getting on board this year because I was excited for Champagne, excited for what he could do for this offense. But we're talking about a guy that struggled to stay on the field pretty much his entire career. Or play, like he can, he's playing through injuries, but he's still injured, right? And it's, it's hurting his production. That's happened a lot. But this guy has only had 80-plus receiving yards in six games in his entire career. He's been in the NFL for three years, and he's had six games with 80 receiving yards. Like, that's not even a high metric to hit, 80 receiving yards. He's had nine total receiving touchdowns throughout three years. Like, what are we going for here, right? And if you wanted to bet on the potential, fine. He was already being drafted too high. But now he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Those linger often, and he's already dealt with a lot of soft tissue issues. That's my favorite thing to say, soft tissue issues. <laughs> I, I'm, I am. Do you need a tissue for your soft tissue issues? I'm a thousand percent out. He's going around Chris Godwin and Drake London and Tyra Lockett and Alexander Madison and James Conner. Like, I want every single one of those guys over Judy, even when he was healthy, let alone now that he might not even be there to start the season. I like I, I I get it. Um, I think I've just generally been higher on Jerry Judy than you have. Uh, finished as the wide receiver twenty one last season, and Ooh. I'm just I'm just saying he was being drafted on average at like wide receiver twenty five to thirty before the injury, which I thought was a huge value. Just like it, given the we we've seen an upward trajectory in terms of like efficiency production you know, from the 2021 season, especially on to 2022. Um, I, I just thought that there was a lot of potential there, but the hamstrings concerning, it is a lower body injury, um, which, you know, obviously, you know, similar to Terry McLaurin, like legs are pretty important to wide receivers. Like, especially when you're, you know, the name of your game, especially like a Jerry Judy is speed and acceleration and, and a, you know, the ability to get open, the ability to get open. Like that's a huge issue for a guy like Jerry Judy. And I mean, the same thing kind of goes for Terry McLaurin and and the fact that he's got a turf toe injury. Both of these injuries are things that we've kind of seen can nag and linger and, and really take a hit to fantasy productivity and efficiency. Yeah. With Terry McLaurin, he never really has that great upside either. Right. He always kind of ends at the low end wide receiver too. So where you're taking him, even, you know, with this injury, you're taking him around DJ Moore and DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Williams, where DJ Moore and Hopkins can be the clear cut wide receiver one for their team, get a lot of targets, score some touchdowns. Mike Williams is just, you know, a little bit more electric than Terry McLaurin. Like McLaurin is a good wide receiver don't get me wrong but I think Jahan Dotson's going to come in and take a lot of targets from him he's never been a big touchdown scorer so I wasn't super high on him to begin with and this turf toe turf toe is one of those things where it's just like it lasts and it lasts and it lasts but they're gonna like he's gonna play through it so it's not you're going to be playing him through this injury and you're gonna be wondering but that's also gonna make it like harder it makes it worse so with where he's going around I'm definitely taking those other guys I mentioned over him Pair that with, like, we didn't even talk about schedule, right? Like, strength of schedule, um, looking at Terry McLaurin's, like, you know, first four games. In the first four weeks of the season, he's going to play against the Broncos, Bills, and Eagles defenses. And he's already not 100%. I'll just pass. Like, 
He gets to play the Cardinals in week one, though. He better not miss that one. But that's the thing. Like, the week one is the the week that we don't know if he's even going to play. And week one's the the least likely of him to be 100%, even if he, like, ramps things up pretty quickly here. I do think he's important for Sam Howell and I agree. for Jahan Dotson. Like, I want him on the field. I think he opens up everything for the whole offense. I think he yes. makes life easier for Sam Howell makes life easier for Dotson. I think the way for those two to break out is with McLaurin on the field. I just don't know. He could be on the field and not fully healthy. Defenses are still going to worry about They him. need to pay some yeah. attention. But, like, the wide receivers going around, there are a lot of guys that I think have, like, similar floors and upside. Like, Brandon Ayuk, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, all going after Terry McLaurin in average draft position right now, according to Fantasy Pros. And... I think all of them have, again, very similar floor. Like Chris Godwin, I think, has a much higher ceiling than Terry McLaurin. Like, give me the guys in that range who aren't dealing with a nature, yeah. an injury of this nature. Personally, I'd rather Deontay Johnson than Terry McLaurin or Jerry Judy. And he's going a round or two after these guys. Like, you can get him a good two rounds after them. And just straight up, I'd rather Deontay Johnson. Because I, I think they're all kind of similar, right? Where you're going off of volume. Yeah. And they're not, you know, recently they've struggled with scoring touchdowns. I guess at least with Deontay Johnson, McLaurin, Judy always have. But at least Deontay, you trust that he's going to score more touchdowns. You know he's going to get the targets. Like, he's just as talented as these two guys. I don't know why he's going two runs later. I agree. I uh, love and- that we just flipped that from a Terry McLaurin segment into a Deontay Johnson segment. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense to me why Terry McLaurin always goes this early. And when it's like, I don't get it. I didn't, I mean, I don't get it either, to be fair. But or like, what's the hype on Jerry Judy? I do. I like Jerry Judy more than you do. Okay. Um, but again, like the health, that changes the equation of it. And then last piece of news here before we get into our reminders for your draft. So this just came out. Chiefs GM Brett Brett Veach said, did I say that right? Brett I think Veach so. Said Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross will start as package players, but hopes to see them become every down wide receivers later in the season. But notably, he says that uh, Marquez Valdez-Scaling, Kadarius Tony, they're going to rely on them early. And then Sky Moore will handle handle the slot duties. I think that is the key here, that Sky Moore is going to be on the field a lot a lot more, right? And he's going to play the slot. I think that's a fantastic spot for him. And I really think he might be the guy you want to target in this offense besides Travis Kelsey. I mean, obviously, Kelsey's going in the first round. And then Sky Moore is going all the way in, like, the 12th, 13th round. That's a wide receiver I'm targeting here in this offense. And he's the one that I think could – lead the wide receivers the Chiefs wide receivers and targets yeah I I think that's totally fair um throughout the preseason uh interestingly the top target for Patrick Mahomes do you know this do you know who who his top target was I do not it was running back Clyde Edwards Alaire who actually like still saw playing time even when they were mixing Pacheco into the into the mix so don't count him out for, for a little a few targets here. Kadarius Tony, I don't take seriously. They're hoping he's gonna be ready for week one, which I think is probably gonna have some people excited. And He'll be back for the first drive of week one. Yeah, like I don't expect I, I can't remember what the stat you had mentioned, Michelle, like the 
how many games he's played more than 20 snaps in I his career. Know. Like yeah, it it's like something long. way closer to zero than it should be for <laughs> a two year bet. But like, I, I'm not taking that overly seriously. Juju Smith Schuster ranked second on the team in t- with a hundred targets at 101 targets last season. Like there are targets to go around. We just have to see how much, you know, Patrick Mahomes fixates on any given target because last year he spread the ball like he did Patrick Mahomes things he read the field and he threw to the open guy or the guy that he thought could throw he could throw open like he didn't fixate on any single character so like how much will any of these individual guys mean I don't know but if you're going to take a shot on somebody I would take it on on Sky Moore and and him making that second year leap. Um, yeah, when it was, I mean, he was a second round rookie last year, coming out of school. He looked very talented, right? Like he looked like he could be a good slot wide receiver in this league. He didn't really get the opportunity last year to be on the field whatsoever to get any snaps. This year, it looks like they're truly giving him the opportunity. They are saying he's improved and he's earned it. So I, I'm going to take a chance on him. He's super cheap, and why not? If you can steal. Patrick Mahomes, wide receiver one in the 13th round. That will be a game changer. Being drafted as the wide receiver 49. Interestingly, one spot behind the aforementioned Juju Smith-Schuster. And two spots behind Kadarius Toney. Which is insane. Sky Moore over Kadarius Toney literally every freaking day (laughs) of my life. If if they told you Kadarius Toney would be healthy for 17 games, though, you would take Toney. Yeah, but like... If they mm, even told you he'd be healthy for 13 games. It would take Tony. I don't believe in Kadarius Tony. I I get it. He's fun to watch. He is explosive. Like, there's a lot to like, but there's so much I don't like. And I I'd prefer to go with Sky Moore. But don't be surprised if Rashi Rice has a late season breakout yeah. and wins you some fantasy leagues. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on as soon as he starts getting some snap counts and a, a few more targets. He's definitely someone you want to pick up off waivers. But for now, I'll let him stay on waivers because I don't think he's going to be too fantasy relevant to start the season. I'm going to go with Sky Moore instead. But let's get in now to our draft reminders. So, I'm sure a lot of your drafts are coming up. It's a super exciting time. This is like the biggest draft weekend of the year. Best week. We Best talk- week ever. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of a lot of things this offseason, right? So we kind of want to all put them all together and tell you each of our three top things we do not want you to forget when you're heading into your draft. Kate, do you want to start with your first one? I, let's do it. Um, if you are not drafting a top tight end in Kelsey or Andrews, Go draft Darren Waller. He is going to win you his league, your league. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably going to win him his league too if he if he keeps it up. But like, there has probably not been a a more hyped player this off season that's seen like less of a bump in value. I feel like Darren Waller has just kind of sat there at tight end five behind T.J. Hawkinson, who I get uh, I get the hype was absolutely incredible when traded to the Minnesota Vikings, but like weird we haven't even talked a lot about tj hawkinson but very weird vibes right now like yeah, is he even playing to he's he's I, like that's that's the thing so tj hawkinson um in a spot where he is trying to negotiate himself a record-setting tight end contract he wants to reset the market for tight ends story of literally everybody this off, off season they want to reset the market 
missed some practices to start training camp dealing with a nagging ear infection, which everybody's like, okay, yeah, I bet you have a really bad ear infection. Um, comes back from the ear infection, then he's like, oh, my back's a little tight. So then he was out for the back stuff. But then, like, he's also been publicly kind of, you know, advocating for this new contract. And reports have kind of said, like, it's not going well. Like, the two sides are very far apart. Um, You've had some reports saying that Justin Jefferson, like, they want to get his extension done. Which makes sense. Which totally (laughs) makes sense. But that If I'm Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson gets a record-breaking tight end deal before I get – my record-breaking wide receiver deal will be pissed. Like, yes. I've been doing this for you for three years now. I've broken every every record in the history books. And this guy just got here in the middle of last season. Yeah, Joe and, Schmo just yeah. shows up. And, and he's, like, not outperformed his expert expectations for his career at no. the slightest. So they definitely need to get that done. And, yeah, that's why I've been cooling off uh, with TJ Hawkinson. I was so high on him to start the offseason. But it's just it's, weird circumstances. Yeah, bad vibes. So, yeah, I'm, and not, then, I'm not spending a third-round pick on a tight end where you don't even know what his relationship is with the team. Yeah, like that. that's at odds. Then you have George Kittle, who's being drafted almost right behind him at tight end four. Darren Waller is sitting, like, mid fifth to sixth round and I think he has a legitimate shot at finishing as the overall tight end three this season especially in full PPR leagues like this dude was targeted on 50 percent of his routes run with Daniel Jones this this preseason like one of three tight ends to be targeted at that rate on their their routes run like he has been a focal point of this offense all off season, I've said like the moment he signed him, I said the Giants found the best workaround in the world uh, during you know a, a bad free agency class for the wide receiver position. They just went and, and traded for Darren Waller, who's arguably a lot cheaper than a wide receiver one, and he's going to function as that. Go draft Darren Waller. It sounds like. Things are just going really well for the Giants right now. It sounds like Daniel Jones continues to make strides. I don't understand his ADP is still hanging in the fifth and sixth round when well, he's going to return some big dividends. I, and I think the fifth, sixth round is fair, right? I wouldn't want to draft him if he was any higher. So I think the fifth, sixth round is, is fair for him because, I mean, he hasn't been good for many years now, right? Because of the injury. It's not, it's not when he's not on the field that when you, when he starts, yes, he produces. I think, I think injury has to play into it. I mean, you can't like be down on everyone else for injuries and not mention Darren Waller's multi-season injury history. At this point, he needs to stay healthy. He is an older tight end. And- to be fair, I'm not. I'm not like nagging on on anybody for injuries. So I'm Denarius not. Tony? I I told you like just vibes. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no. I and T.J. Hawkins said like I'm not going to call him injured. I'm just saying like weird circumstances. I'm not saying I'm not drafting him because he didn't have an ear. Er, he had an ear infection. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like it's just it's everything that surrounds that. But Darren Waller, I think, has like will finish as the tight end three this season. And I, I don't know. Can we make some sort of bet? No, off I. Of that? I like, mean, I agree with you. I just, I just think it's fair that his cost is on the fifth, sixth round. But that's even, league winning value, especially when even, you get him two I think rounds even later. If you get the tight end three though in the fifth or sixth, that's fair, right? That's still going to be a hundred points after Travis Kelsey. So really, he should be going in the fifth or sixth round. If but he's, he's still going to have such less than the tight end one. No, he's still going to have such a significant. Like I think 
Darren Waller is going to be a big part, like a big tear break from yeah. the tight ends that follow. Yes, and for sure. I mean, the tight ends that follow, I do like Dallas Goddard. He's safe, right? But Waller has a much higher ceiling. And then it's Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermuth, David Njoku, Dalton Kincaid, Okonkwo, like everyone after him is the largest tier. It, it's like the last two viable ones that you even think about taking are Waller or Goddard. And then from there, you're just going to punt because they all ha- kind of have the same floor and upside at that point. My first reminder here is it might seem like a silly one, but let me explain. If you have the chance to draft Christian McCaffrey or Bijan Robinson, draft them. And that might be like, duh, Michelle. But no, this is my point. If you're at the 101 or the 102, I'm not taking Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or any of the wide receivers over them. Like I'm not doing, I'm taking the clear cut workhorse running back that is elite as a runner, elite as a pass catcher that should get 400 plus touches this season that should score a ton of touchdowns. Like that's the guy I'm taking as my running back because there's so few of them in this league. Like they dry out so fast. By the time you get back to your next pick, all of those guys are gone. Yeah. And I mean, they're pretty much gone with CMC and Bijan Robinson, right? Like you can get some really nice guys with Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb or Josh Jacobs. Like there's other guys going in the back of this, the first round, early second, but they're not as dynamic where they're going to get so many receptions as we expect for CMC and even Bijan and just dominate in that way. And then like Tony Pollard was a guy I'm so high on. I'm so high on, but he's been going up and up the draft. So, like, you can't depend on him to fall back in the back of the second either. So, if you're one of those top three picks and you have the, you you know, there's definitely going to be one of them there because it seems like everyone is taking Jefferson and Chase one and two and then leaving CMC and Bijan. I've seen Bijan go as late as, like, eight, nine. Yes. If you have any opportunity to take Bijan Robinson in the first round, take him. And then to end this right here right if you don't get cmc or Bijan robinson to end this one take i'm thinking yeah um if you don't I draft, say whoa no, short podcast no 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 if you don't get cmc or Bijan robinson because you missed out on them draft travis kelsey the last thing i care about doing in the first round is drafting a wide receiver because there's so there's many so much depth and they change every year right the top 10 wide receivers just they're the guys come out of nowhere every year i mean last year you have to think you were drafting who was drafting Christian Kirk early, right? Who is drafting Amari Cooper early? Who is drafting Amon Ross St. Brown super early? Nobody. AJ Brown was falling to like the third, fourth round. Cause everyone was scared of him with Jalen hurts. You know, he can't pass the ball. Like there's just so many guys that you can get. that are going to perform so great and go into the top 12 because they change every year. So that's why I'm taking a running back. And then Travis Kelsey is just such a difference maker for you in the tight end position that if I miss out on one of those top two running backs, then I'll pivot to Travis Kelsey. And what I'm saying is if it goes CMC, B. John Robinson, and you're in the 103, I'm taking Travis Kelsey. You would take Kelsey at the 103? Yes. Wow, mama. Yes. Holy moly. I would. Just got spicy. <laughs> uh, some spicy jalapeno. All right, bring your next spicy take. What's your number two take? All right, uh, I'm going to put a damper on things. Michelle, you were so high on two of these running backs. I'm here to bring you back down. What do you uh, mean? I haven't been high on one of these at all. This no, year. no, 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 no. The, uh, two, you were t- just very high on Bijan and CMC. Oh, 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 oh. I'm here to give you the inverse. Oh, okay. Uh, 
which is fading Austin Eckler and Travis Etienne as two of the biggest trap picks in fantasy football drafts this season, which is very hard for me to say. Just to be clear, I love both of these players more than I I love most human beings, I feel like. I just No, I don't. Um but I I I loved Travis Etienne last year and Austin Eckler. I do. I just have this love for Austin Eckler, which I think most fantasy football media people do because like fantasy football, I, I think is not always overly popular with NFL players. It's really nice to see Austin Eckler like out there and, and add, you know, whatever, whatever. But I think both of them are, you know, being drafted in the, the first two rounds right now, Austin Eckler right now being drafted as the RB2 fourth overall in fantasy drafts. Fourth overall, which it makes sense because he's been the running back one and running back two. Yes, a top two, two running back in each of the last two seasons, but screaming regression candidate yeah. in two different categories. It's not just like, well, he can't keep, keep scoring 18 touchdowns every year. It's also like he can't keep seeing the target share that he is seeing, especially with the addition of Kellen Moore. Like, you don't add Kellen Moore. You don't extend Justin Herbert to become the the highest paid quarterback in the league if you are not planning to actually use his arm and and throw beyond the line of scrimmage. Like cannot cannot stress enough. You know what I, I think Herbert's low average depth of target and and the the number of targets at or around the line of scrimmage has done to limit that offense. Like. 1.6% turnover-worthy play rate for, for Justin Herbert over the past two seasons, which is great, but it's come at a cost of upside. And I think that the addition of Kellen Moore definitely kind of emphasizes that they're moving past that. They use their first-round pick on Quentin Johnston. Like, they've got Mike Williams. They they kept Keenan Allen, who there were some people saying could be, you know, one of these guys is a, a potential cap casualty a um, lot of, of concern there for Austin Eckler, especially at that price. Like, if he were being drafted in the second round, I'd be all in. But fourth overall in your fantasy drafts with a couple of red flags, that's that's a no from me. Yeah, he's just going too high. And I, I understand it because he's by far had the most touchdowns in the league over the last two years. He's been a great fantasy scorer. But I do just think this is year drops off a little bit. And by a little bit, then that makes his fourth overall draft selection just too high. Going at the end of the first, early second, sure. It's just at that fourth overall pick, it's too high for me. And just to be clear, like if you are at the end of the first and, and Austin Eckler is on the board, I think that's it's still high. I Again, I'd prefer to draft him in the second round, you know, depending on, on who's available. And that but way, he'll never be there for that. He'll never be there. And that that is why I'm fading him. But also Travis Etienne, I want to get a temperature check on you because I think Travis Etienne as a podcast was very bullish on Etienne. Very bullish. Like way too bullish last year. Uh, was super disappointing. Just 7.8% target share. Like not not involved as a receiver as you would have thought based on what you saw at Clemson with him and, and Trevor Lawrence. They add Calvin Ridley into the mix. They draft tanks Bigsby in the third round, which is not late. That is not late for a running back, especially considering the amount of depth in this running back class. Like they could have taken any Joe Schmo in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. They no, but they drafted tank Bigsby. 
um, 88th overall, and he's gotten hype all training camp. He's, you know, gotten some work in the preseason. I think week three was super interesting, though. Bigsby saw nine snaps, had six carries, to Etienne 16 snaps, eight carries, only two fewer carries than Etienne with the starting offense in week three. That's a very interesting snap share for uh, a player that, again, has been disappointing as a receiver and is still being drafted ridiculously high in the second round. Etienne is a great talent, but this year with them drafting Bigsby, how much hype he's getting, I still think Etienne will be the top fantasy scorer in this offense or in this backfield and be the clear lead back, but... At running back 11, I'm not touching him. I mean, you have Najee Harris going right next to him. I'd much rather him. I'd rather just go with the safety of Joe Mixon. You know he's going to get all the touches. Yes. Or, you know, even a guy like Damian Pierce, I probably would rather take the chance. Oh, I would take Damian Pierce over Travis Etienne 10 times out of 10. Like, I, I, maybe this is a bold prediction. I think James Conner will score more than Travis Etienne in fantasy leagues. Do you know who I think will score more than Travis Etienne in fantasy leagues? It's not Tank Bixby. It's not. It is Alexander Madison. And that's my second Wow. Nice transition. Draft Vikings running back Alexander Madison. I have talked about him all offseason long. I've given you all the stats you need. But I feel like everyone's just so worried that he's not going to get you know, the bulk of the touches in this backfield for but why? I why don't, is I don't that know. a concern from anybody? I don't know, but they cut Dwayne McBride, which was a seventh round rookie. So no one should have been worried about him anyways. But right after the preseason ended, Vikings beat uh, writer Alec Lewis said the team is very committed to Alexander Madison being the guy. And that should not be surprising. There's nobody like it's Ty Chandler. That's it. That's all behind him. And yes, Ty Chandler will get a couple carries, right? Like it's not like Madison can do everything, but he's a guy that can catch passes. He's a good rusher. He's going to be the goal line back and he's on an offense that scores a lot of points. Like, yeah. And Kirk Cousins checks down the ball to his running backs draft. Alexander Madison he's for whatever reason he has not moved up draft boards he is still sitting at running back 20 62 overall you can still get him in the fifth round like I'm fine reaching for him in the fourth round to make sure I get him but Alexander Madison will be a top eight running back this year in fantasy and Mm -hmm. you can get him in the fifth round I'm not saying to draft him in the first two rounds because you don't have to that would be silly draft Alexander Madison in the fifth round where he's going or if you want to reach you can take him at the end of the fourth I think taking him in the fourth is I I would I would take him in the fourth round probably every time out of every time yeah just because I I think the especially if you're if you know you're not going to have a pick till the late fifth round like that I mean just fill out your board fill out your draft like figure it out if you think you're you know he'll last till you in the top of the fifth if you're there but if you're at the end of the fourth, pull that Alexander Madison trigger, get him on your team, steal this year. Yeah, I think that's that feels fair. And then get into your last one here. My last piece of advice is this is not an analytical take, but this is Do a not con- say have fun. No, this, this okay, is going to be I was going to turn off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is it's it's something similar. But draft players you actually like. Like I am so sick of people drafting based on ADP, based on 
a designated strategy that they had. Like, I have to get two running backs in the first round. I have to get a running back and a wide receiver. No. Draft the best player available. Whether that, whether you and I agree on who that best player available is totally irrelevant. Like, doesn't matter whatsoever. But draft for value. Do not just check things. Don't check off the boxes. Draft players you actually like to root for. There is nothing that I think disengages you more from a team than drafting play. Like, I'm sorry. Like, even if you told me Deshaun Watson was going to score as the QB six and I, I had that information and I'm on the clock and I can draft him as the QB six. I don't want to root for Deshaun Watson. Like I get it. I get, you know, like this is a a game that you want to win. But I also think, again, this goes back to the point that this is a game and draft players you actually want to root for because it's a game. And I also think, like, it makes your leagues a little bit more competitive. Well, like it you're, makes them you're... more fun, too, because if you don't end up taking a guy that you're super high and you really wanted to, you know, root for and he ends up, you know, you waited on him, he ends up going and then he ends up balling out like that hurts. That hurts so bad. Oh, and you think of it yeah. every week. You're like, I knew he was going to be good. I knew it. Like, that's so much better than, you know, taking a guy that you didn't think was going to be good. And he ended up being better than you thought. Like, cool. Yes. Like, that will be something exciting for you, right? Like, winning is cool. Winning is fun. But that's not going to be the same feeling than when you hit on a guy that you were so high on, that you loved so much to watch. Like, it's just a different feeling, and it hurts yes. so bad to miss out on them. Yes, like I, I feel like And you're going to live with it if you take a guy you love and he ends up not being that great. Like it's like, okay, well, I, like it, it's just different. It's like well, you're going to regret it in, so much more. Yeah, you'll regret it if it goes off. Um, and then my last piece here to end is I just want to remind you that quarterback Dak Prescott is the best value in fantasy drafts this season. Really? Not just at the quarterback position, just overall. I mean, be right there with Alexander Madison with best value in fantasy drafts. People are just for like totally – putting him in the doghouse because he fractured his thumb last year. I mean, he fractured his thumb in week one on his throwing hand. He missed five games. It was not a pretty fantasy season in the slightest. Don't get me wrong. Right. But he still was the quarterback 13 in fantasy points per game. He scored more points per game than Justin Herbert, who were all just forgiving, including me. And I think he's going to have a great season. He scored the same amount of points per game as Trevor Lawrence, who is going now a couple rounds ahead of Dak Prescott and like literally thinks everyone thinks that Trevor Lawrence is going to break out. Right. But scored the same amount of points last year. That was in Dak's like terrible season. And Dak Prescott is going as the quarterback 10, the guys behind him, Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones. He does not deserve to be in that bucket. He does not deserve to be going after Deshaun Watson with the Browns, right? If Deshaun Watson was still with the Texans and a good off, like in an offensive system that worked for him in, in a dome, fine. <laughs> but Dak Prescott does not deserve to be in this bunch prior to last season. These were his finishes and points per game among quarterbacks, quarterback nine and 2021 quarterback one and 2020. He did only play five games, but he was a quarterback one in fantasy points per game quarterback three in 2019. We have now had two top three quarterback finishes and points per game since 2019 by Dak Prescott. And then still a two quarterback nine, another top 10 finish in 2021. And we're all just scared off because of stupid thumb injury. And like you can, I hear thumbs are important. Yeah. Like he's healthy now this year. Any quarterback can get hurt. And 
for whatever reason, people are not high on him. And I think this team is going to have to pass way more than they did last year. They ran the ball 530 times. I cannot, like, they don't have the personnel to do it. It's Tony Pollard and then Rico, what's his last name? Rico Dowdle? Dowdle? It's his backup, right? And he's going to steal some touches, fine. But, like, that's his backup. And then Deuce Vaughn, who's about 120 pounds, they don't have the personnel to run the ball 500 times. No. They're going to have to throw a ton. He has C.D. Lamb. He has Brandon Cooks. He has uh, Michael Gallup. He has um, Herb, or what's his name? Uh, Tolbert. Mm, yeah. He has Jalen Tolbert, second-year wide receiver that I was super high in coming out of school, and then he kind of just did Bloop. nothing his rookie season. But getting all that hype, he has all the weapons around him. And don't forget about Jake Ferguson, a great late-round pick at tight end. He's playing the Dalton Schultz role. Speaking of guys that, like, I'm drafting everywhere and I will reach on. Yeah. Jake Ferguson. <laughs> I don't care what Mike McCarthy wants to do. You're not going to be able to run it 500 times. This is a passing offense. Dak Prescott has been a great fantasy quarterback over the last four seasons when he's on the field. He, there's no reason that you are able to draft this guy. I mean, he's going 82nd overall. 82nd overall. Like, this is a steal. This mm-hmm. is a guy that can score just as much as Justin Herbert, who's going in the fifth mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just as much as Joe Burrow, who's going in the fourth round. Yeah. So that's my last. Joe Burrow sometimes going in the third. Yeah. Stop hey, it. Stop taking Joe Burrow and take Dak Prescott. <laughs> On it, I think that's great advice. And it's like, six or five rounds later, like, take Dak Prescott instead. The difference between the two will not be as big as you projected to be right now. No, they will not. Um, but yeah, that's it. Do you want anything else to say before the draft starts? Just have fun, you guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you did kind of go with that though. I was like, I, I did, sh- but like, I, I feel like that, that is probably the best advice you can give. Be fluid, draft a team you like and it have fun, you guys. <laughs> All right. That's it. Hit us up on Twitter. If you have questions prior to your draft, you can find me, Michelle at ball blast and ball blast EM. And you could follow me, Kate at, Kate Maju. And if you could do us a big solid before you close out this podcast app, shoot us that uh, review. You know, we'd prefer a five-star review. But yeah, no, shoot us those five-star I, reviews, yeah, Give baby. us that five-star rating. Send us a review. We'll read it on the podcast. Or if you have any questions, we'll answer them um, from those reviews. That's it. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.